0: There was boarding pass and passport in hand. And I was early at the airport, which was a first for me. You know, and the plan was LAX to Oaxaca, Mexico. So I was excited. It had been a while, and my bestie was going to meet me in Houston. And we would start this adventure into southern Mexico and eat all the tlayudas all the mole and all the platanos fritos. And if all that I said, you're like, what? We'll talk later. It's really good food. (laughs) And so I was excited. I was at the gate. I was ready, just waiting to board when that announcement went off. You know which one I'm talking about, right? The one that lets you know your flight will be delayed for about 15 or 20 minutes. I was like, okay, no worries. I can do that. I can do... 15 or 20 minutes, I can wait. But then another announcement came in that the flight would be delayed another 30 minutes. I was like, all right. Cool, 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 cool. And then uh, I would just, you know, I was like, okay, I have a book. I can do this. I can read my book. Or I can people watch. I love people watching. It's so fun. Like, I'll just do that. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, everything's good. And uh, the delay lasted hours. And I was stuck at LAX. Which meant I had a chance of missing my connecting flight. And so I was like praying. I was like, Lord, you know I really need this vacation. Jesus, please, right? And um, sure enough, I finally got to Houston and I missed my connecting flight. And once again, I was stuck. Stuck in a place that I did not want to be. And I don't know about you. But I was away from my intended destination, and so I was so frustrated. I don't know if you get frustrated, but have you ever been there? Stuck? Stuck in a place where you don't want to be, knowing or sensing that there's a better place, a place you've never seen, a place you've not known yet, but you're stuck. And see, I'd never been to Oaxaca. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know. I just imagined what it would taste like, you know, but I was just stuck waiting. And if we're honest, you would say that we've all found ourselves in that place, like a quick sand-like kind of place. And the reality is that uh, stuck is Yuck. Why don't you tell that to the person next to you? Stuck is yuck. Type it in the comments if you're joining us online. Stuck is yuck. And man, do we get stuck, right? We get stuck in our thinking. We get stuck in our feelings, our anger, our frustration. We get stuck in our blaming. We get stuck in unforgiveness. That's a big one. We get stuck in pain, we get stuck in our old ways or stubborn ways, we get stuck in our prideful ways, we get stuck in hopelessness, we don't see a way out or a way forward, and we get stuck in relationships that we know we're not supposed to be in, shout out to my single people, trust in Jesus, we get stuck in helplessness addictions, destructive patterns of doing life. And we get stuck in comfort. By the way, my name's Ilsean. I'm so glad you came today. (laughs) But we really are. This is Evergreen. This is the faith community that God's called us to. We're glad you're here. If you're watching online, shout out to you. Thank you for being part of our online family where today you are stuck with me. Because Carlos is in Guatemala. Um, But, you know, for our honeymoon, Carlos and I, we decided that we would go to Kauai. And uh, Kauai is a beautiful island in Hawaii. And um, just a quick time out. If you've been praying and wondering um, how you can help out the people in Maui that went through that um, fire, uh, Foursquare Relief has people on the ground ready and willing to help. And if you want to be able to contribute to that, you can. The information's there. It'll also be on the slides out in the lobby at the end of service. But I just want to give you a chance um, to help. Okay, time in. Back to the story. So um, we were exploring the island, and we decided that we wanted to do a few hikes. We, we both like hikes. Before Charlie came along, we loved doing hikes consistently. So now... Um, there's something you need to know about this island. This island gets um, over 460 inches of rainfall annually. It's pretty awesome. And it is the northernmost island um, of Hawaii of the Hawaiian chain. So it is exposed to storm systems a lot more than the other islands. And it is a home, I, I, I said it right the last service, I hope I say it right again, to Mount Wai'ali. Any Hawaiians want to correct me? No? Okay. See, it's often referred to the wettest spot on earth. I'm giving you context because context will help you understand this next part. See, we were newly married, a couple from L.A., where they're dry is hardly ever wet, except for this weekend. But we chose to do a hike in our Nike shoes, running shoes. Yep, you know where this is going. And probably, we know, we probably should have read the ratings before going on this hike. We probably should have been aware that we might um, have some rainfall <laughs> while we were on the hike. But uh, we were Angelinos, clueless and in love, <laughs> just exploring this wonderful hike. And so, sure enough, you know what happens when there's a lot of water in the dirt. It gets super muddy. So here I am with my tiny Nike shoes, trying to thread through the mud. And it really, I like, we were both getting stuck in the mud. And the more that we hiked, the more mud built up in our shoes. We didn't have a walking stick, so there was no way to help us get unstuck. And so um, it was a rough, hike but it was a beautiful view so you know made up for it Um, but we kept getting stuck because our gear was limited we kept getting stuck because our knowledge was limited and our understanding was limited see limits have a way of keeping us stuck in a place where we are not meant to be we all have limitations um, that is that is the reality of humanity But don't let your limitations limit your destination. And more importantly, don't let your limitations limit a limitless God. Right? Because we do. That's the kind of God that we have, a limitless God. So there's a story in the Bible of a man who was limited. He was physically limited and stuck in a place called Bethesda or Bethsaida, depending on how you pronounce it and spell it. But see, Bethesda is a Hebrew word, and it means a place of outpouring or a house of grace. And that place sounds a lot more promising than LAX. So I want you to open up your Bibles today or your Bibles app to the book of John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. And if you didn't, <laughs> I know, I'm excited too. We're going to open the Bible. And if you didn't bring your Bible, um, it'll be up on the screen. But if you did, I encourage you to open it, your Bible app. But it says this starting in in verse 2. It says, inside the city, near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? And it says that when Jesus saw him, among the multitude of sick people, Jesus saw him. And so it's intriguing to me that the text tells us that not only did Jesus see him, but Jesus knew how long he had been ill. So this is what I want you to know today. God knows. And God sees you. God knows. God knows that pain. God knows that suffering. And God sees you. Then Jesus asked this man, would you like to get well? And I love that Jesus doesn't assume what this man wants. Jesus asked him. See, Jesus is good at asking questions. So he asked. And maybe not. Everyone I, I was wondering like why would Jesus ask this man but maybe not everyone wants to get well could it be that some grow so accustomed to so familiar get so comfortable in their sickness that they don't want to be healed it could be see let's let's read the response of Jesus question this guy is very honest in verse 7 he says i can't sir For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. See, I love that this story... This man is very honest. He answers honestly. And the response that he says, he says, I can't. And he's saying, I am limited. And he was. He was paralyzed. His limbs could not provide the help that he needed to get into the pool. See, the belief was that an angel of the Lord would come and stir the waters so whoever was the first to get into the waters would be healed. And I find it fascinating that the, one of the first few verses we read, it says that the paralyzed, the lame, and the blind. Now, those are all people to me that would have a very hard time being able to get into the pool. But they're there. They're wanting this miracle. So this man is being very honest. He, he is limited. He's saying, I can't. And I know that this response, sometimes it's seen as a complaint or sometimes it's seen as an excuse. But honestly, I see it. As he is being honest about his condition, he is admitting his limit. He's saying, I can't. And the second part of his response is, I have no one. And see, it was true that at the moment for him, I wonder if someone must have helped him get there, right? Otherwise, how did he get there? Someone must have helped him, but at the moment, he had no people. He didn't have his community around him. And in the, as this Bible teacher put it, perhaps for some, it is not a matter of wanting or not wanting to be well. It is a matter of having the community needed in order to be made well. And so that's something to consider. See, and in the moments of getting stuck, who do you have? In the moments of... get, Sorry, I'm going to take off this earring because it keeps clicking and it's annoying. Um, pardon me, thank you. But in the moments of you being stuck, who do you have? Who's there? See, for this man, he had no one. And so... I think that for many that suffer, especially that suffer from a disability, sometimes that's the case. There's no one really there to help them. They have to figure out life on their own. And his thing was, someone always gets there before me. See, the story is a complete contrast to a similar story found in Mark 2. But in Mark 2, it's also a paralyzed man. But this paralyzed man has four friends four friends that carry him and bring him to Jesus. And when they see that there's a crowd that has completely taken up the space, they had made no room, they go and they open a hole in the roof and they make a way to get their friend, their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And I love the contrast of those two stories where one has no one and the other one has four friends that are willing to help It's so important for us to remember community, the community of faith that God has given us to be able to lift each other up, to pray for one another and lift each other's burdens. Now, I want you to pay attention again to Jesus' question, would you like to get well? See, the answer should have been a resounding yes language yes sign it whatever you do like yes right but instead we read that he goes on to list the reasons why his healing hasn't happened yet see 38 years is a long time to be sick did this man know who who was asking him did he know who Jesus was and see in verses 12 and 13 we discovered that he didn't know He didn't know that this was Jesus. He had not heard of what Jesus could do. And so when Jesus shows up to this man, he has no idea who he is or what he can do. And Jesus asks a question that goes unanswered, but then proceeds to speak to this man a command that should be impossible For this man to carry out. He tells this paralyzed man who had no use of his limbs for 38 years to stand up, pick up his mat, and walk. Jesus was speaking to him, was giving him a command to engage his body. You know what kind of a crazy miracle that is? It takes months of rehab For someone that has lost an ability to move their muscles to be able to move them again. But in one instant, like only God can do, this man is made whole. He's able to stand up. He's able to walk. And then Jesus says, carry your mat. What is Jesus doing? He's engaging his whole body. Test out the strength of those arms. Pick up your mat. Roll it away. And this man does it. See, this limited man never gave Jesus a yes. This is what fascinates me about the story. He never said yes to Jesus healing him. He shows no sign of faith, yet Jesus spoke healing. And see, in other accounts where Jesus heals people, He usually asks, do you believe that I can heal you? He says, do you have faith? Or according to your faith, may it be done. But in this case, not here, not this man, there is no indication that his faith plays a a role in his healing. And I just want you to know, if you're still waiting, forgot to heal you, and you believe the lie that it's because you don't have enough faith, That's not, yeah, that is not true. And it's evident right there. This man had no indication of faith. But you know what? That is grace. Grace shows up. That is the grace of God. It's undeserving. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve, but he shows up. And he knows where we need to be made whole. And he does it for this man. And I love that instead of repeating his excuses to Jesus, he obeyed Jesus. He said, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to stand up. And I don't know what shifted. I don't know what happened. But he obeyed what Jesus told him. And he was moving on up, moving on up, grabbed just rolled up his mat, and he just started going. There was a response to faith that Jesus led him to. That I love that we get to witness by reading the story. So my question to you is, what seems impossible for you? What seems impossible in your life, in your circumstance? What has you feeling stuck? You know, for me, for, for, for a long time, I was stuck in this destructive pattern of living life. And it wasn't until Jesus asked me that question. Do you want me to set you free? That I had a chance to examine what was going on. Why do I keep falling into this sin over and over again? And it seems like I am powerless to fight against it. You know what I uncovered as I let Jesus ask me that question? He said there was unforgiveness in my heart. And I remember that as I started processing this, the question that came to mind is like, who do you need to forgive? And I was like, "Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty forgiving person. And then my dad came to mind. And I was like, no, no, I've already forgiven him. Nothing to forgive. I, he, no, it's good. And it just kept pressing like, you need to forgive your dad. And then when I really stopped and listened and I really started writing and figuring out, okay, like, what do I need to forgive my dad for? All of a sudden, I took out my pen and my paper and I started writing. I forgive my dad for walking away from us. I forgive my dad for choosing alcohol. I forgive my dad times that he wasn't there i forgive my dad for the times that he beat up my mom i forgive my, dad. i just couldn't stop the flow of tears and the healing that god was bringing as i was releasing forgiveness towards my dad and see, God use that because what happens is unforgiveness can grow bitter roots that keep you stuck in a place of torment, a prison, as Matthew 18 says. And see, there's another story where, where the disciples, after Jesus tells them, if somebody offends you, But then comes and says, they repent and they ask you to forgive them. Even if it's up to seven times a day, you must forgive them, Jesus tells them. And the disciples are like, wait, what? They're like, man, increase our faith. Their response to Jesus wanting them to forgive, they're like, increase our faith. I don't think I have the faith to forgive Jesus. And then Jesus tells them, look, if you just have a little bit of faith, you can tell the mulberry tree. You can uproot it and throw it into the ocean. Now, what you need to know about the mulberry tree is that its roots are invasive. And it is so hard to uproot. It's this roots of bitterness and unforgiveness. But Jesus says all you need is a little bit of faith. And it can be cast out and thrown into the sea. Now, that's impossible. You cannot grow a mulberry tree in the middle of the sea. That's Jesus' point. It seems impossible. But guess what? It's a little bit. With your trust in me. And maybe you're like this man and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like this man and you don't have even a little bit of faith. Jesus still shows up. Because your limitations don't limit him. He is a limitless God. And His grace is so good and so grand for us. Maybe your limitation is not knowing how to pray about that one thing. Maybe your limitation is not knowing who Jesus is. Maybe your limitation is what you've been looking at, where your focus and attention has been. See, these people had their attention on the water, they were waiting. For the waters to bubble up. And they've missed Jesus walking in. And see, they were looking to this way of healing. They were limiting God in how he could heal. But Jesus shows up to show us God is limitless. Kaylee or Piano, if you can come join me up here. See, this man's... Limitations put him in a place where Jesus could meet him. And he was honest with Jesus. He said, I can't. So maybe you're here and you're thinking, what's my next step? It's to confess. This man was honest. He said, I can't. And perhaps that's what you've been thinking or saying. I can't with this addiction. I can't with this pain. I can't with this anger and this unforgiveness. But you are not alone, the one who can. the power to do infinitely more so you can confess your limitations to Jesus. And James 5 tells us that we confess to God for forgiveness of sins, but we confess to one another for healing. So what I want to encourage you to do today as you process this word, as you process what God is speaking to you, if there is something you need to confess to God, please do. That is what we're supposed to do daily. We're supposed to repent. We're supposed to confess. We're supposed to say, Jesus, help me change my mind about the way I'm thinking about this. And I'm going to encourage you. Find someone. Of faith, someone that knows and loves Jesus, brother and sister, that you can say, "Hey, can I tell you about this thing?" He asked this man to do something impossible, and this man took Jesus at his word. It doesn't matter how hard it seems, how impossible it may be. See, it's not how good or able you are. It's how good and able God is. And he's a God of mercy and compassion. And you can be honest with him about where you are. He sees you. He knows how long it's been. Would you close your eyes right where you are? I'm going to invite you. Now I'm going to give you some time to reflect. where I'm stagnant help me know where I've stopped moving toward you so Holy Spirit we ask that in this moment you would speak to everyone's heart present in this room and joining us online would you speak would you show us would you bring revelation and would you give us the courage to confess to obey. Would bring your freedom and your healing to ways of thinking, patterns of thinking that have kept us stuck, Lord. Would you renew our mind? Would you help us to look at you and not trust a system or trust one frame of thinking? up to this point in your life you've not put your faith and your trust in Jesus maybe you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you've heard of him but never really encountered him God loves you and Jesus came he was given by God, the son of God so that you and I have forgiveness of sins and would have eternal life he says that he loves you so much that he gave us jesus so that not one of us would perish not one of us would be lost or dead but he wants to give you the gift of eternal life Respond by saying, I want to follow Jesus and turn away from my way of doing things and I want to follow Jesus' way. I want to change my mind of what I've known about God. I want to change my mind of what i thought about religion. I want to trust Jesus, the Son of God. And if that's you today and you're in the room, I want to invite you, if today you want to put your faith in Jesus, if today you want to say yes to him, And his gift of salvation, he died on the cross for your sins, but he rose on the third day so that you would know life everlasting. And if that's you and you're in the room and you want to look at Jesus today and put your faith right there where you are with everybody's eyes closed, would you look up at me right now so that I can agree with you? Just right where you are. Jesus, we trust you. Lord, you are good, and you are able. Father, do what only you can do in our hearts and in our minds. salvation if there's anybody online you can type in jesus and we'll connect with you but lord we trust you that as we process your word, that you would help us to have the courage to get unstuck. Not on our own strength,